Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. So guys, this is our freestyle message, and the freestyle, I feel like I just preached a freestyle not too long ago, but uh, the freestyle message is what comes in between a series that we've already uh, We've come up with last uh, the last series we were in was called Anchored, and I remember just how impacting for me that was to go through that series and hear all the truths about God's character, His promises, just how we could trust Him that we're eternally secure in being anchored in with God. So, with that being said, today's message is going to be fun because I have to all ask you guys this question. What is the church supposed to actually look like? Throw some stuff out there. What is the church supposed to look like? People. People? Amen. Friendly. Friendly. Anything else? Life-changing. Community, yes. Yeah. Christ-centered. Boom. I can can follow that one. Grounded Grounded in the Word. Absolutely. Loving. Amen. So, maybe this is your first time here. You've never experienced church, or maybe you've been going to church for a really long time, and um, you just kind of got into the swing of things, and you adopted whatever was given to you. I know for us, many of us have done that. We just kind of, we didn't know what church was supposed to be like, and we, we got saved. We came to church, heard the message, we got saved, and then we just kept going to church. But I have to be honest with you, there is something very special about church and what that means to the individual believer. We adopted what was given to us without any questions, really. And it's important to go back to what the Bible says about church. And there are so many different models out there, but GCC really believes in a model that is very Christ-centered, very biblical-based. And uh, we don't want to be so hung up on traditions and and things that um, man creates. Uh, See, I'm more interested in what Jesus created and not what man creates. Amen? So, now there's nothing wrong with being creative, that's, that's the fact. I mean, we have to realize that church is not a building. We can, we can meet under the stars and still have church. We will do that someday. I don't care how big our church will be. <laughs> we will meet outside in an amphitheater, outside under a tree. Uh, those are some of the things that I feel like it, it, you, you take the person out of the church building and all of a sudden it's like, wow, Jesus is real. <laughs> you know, sometimes that happens. We're taking people out of what they have been known, just ingrained into they, they experience something new. So it's not so much where you meet. It's not even how you worship or the kind of teaching. It does need to be biblically sound. But it, it, it is not even about what was being taught on Sunday morning or even Saturday night. See, the church is you. The church is each and every one of you. And the body of Christ moves in unison to accomplish God's will, to accomplish what Jesus started over 2,000 years ago. So you don't need 
a church building to be the church. Amen? Sometimes, for everybody who serves in this room, it's almost like it would be better not to meet in a church building because <laughs> you just get tired of lifting chairs or moving things and, and set up and break down. But really, see, there's something special about how God uses brick and mortar too. So you can't have a church building. That's not the church. The church is you. But God does use the building, too, to develop the people within the building. So I'll explain a little bit more about that. But here's where the rubber meets the road. Um, If you view the church as a Sunday morning thing and you check the box and you've you've designated that one hour to come in and, and leave on a Sunday morning, that is not church. The Christian community does not accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. Our, our meeting here is not the end of the, of the, of the game. It's not, it's not the, the end-all, be-all. Really, this is a time for us to celebrate what Jesus has done in and through our lives. Because really, you are the church. I have to say that God has placed you here on purpose. God has placed you here, and it is for his purpose. It's not on accident. I I don't believe in accidents. (laughs) I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe that God leads and guides people. I, I do believe that God leads and guides people to relationships, to people. And I I gotta say that this is where the rubber meets the road for every believer. When we realize that God has us right here to do his will right where you're sitting. And I, I have to read Matthew 9.37. And I don't have any slides because this is freestyle and our amazing communications director was so busy with so many other things um, that we gave her the week off from doing uh, all the slides. But this is wonderful. Um, Matthew 9.37. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, I want you to run to that verse, Matthew 9.37. And James is here a little bit. In Matthew 9.37, he says this to his disciples. Jesus says this. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. This is you and I. This is you and me. When you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to partnering with him. Salvation is an amazing thing. Salvation from our sin. Do you know the word sin is, literally means missing the mark? And when we miss the mark, we are divided between us and God. But Jesus, when you said yes to Jesus and you experienced that redemption, that you experienced his peace and his, and his love over your life, Many times, people come to Christ and, and they sit exactly where you are. And I'm grateful that you guys are here. You guys are partnering with us in many, many ways. But you see, what happens is God says that you're to bear the cross. Bear with the cross. You take the cross up on your shoulder and walk with me. It's the, it's the 
work of what Jesus came and he did for us that we are to partner with. And so that's every one of us. It's an interesting fact that 80% of Christians, we're talking nationally, 80% of Christians don't serve at all in any form of fashion. And so if you are someone that serves, count yourself blessed because you're partnering with the work of God in the redemption of the communities that God died for. So many times we, we look at ourselves and say, I'm saved, I'm set free, amen. I believe that. We could rejoice in that. But did you know that God died for the community that you live in? And, and when he saved you, that was like a catalytic spark that was supposed to go, whew, and just burn up everything in its path. The, the, the spirit of God and the fire of God inside of you is to be multiplied and, and grown through each and every one of you. Not just a moment of salvation and we're, and we're, we're there experiencing church as an individual sitting in a seat. Now, I hope that you hear my voice and say that if you're not serving, this is not a beat-up time. But what I am saying, that what we need to do is we need to come together and put our hands into the, like put our hands on the plow. Because a lot of people are looking at the plow and they're saying, I, I don't, I, I've, I've done that. Or I've, I've, I, I don't know how to do that. I'm not ready for that. And if you guys remember John Masriego, the John Masriegos, when he's, he taught about, don't count yourself out. I loved that message. Don't count yourself out. It does, you don't have to be a spiritual giant to partner with Jesus in the work that he's doing to restore his communities. And so when I'm looking at the things that the church ought to look like, I just get so excited because everybody is, everybody's a candidate. And when every one of us are serving in whatever capacity possible, then what happens is there is a movement that takes place and you become owners of the body of Christ. There is something so powerful about becoming owners. And there's something that grows when you become an owner. There's something that happens within your heart that grows when you become an owner of the body of Christ. It's almost like you're becoming a functioning muscle within his body. And so I think we all need to hit the spiritual gym. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I do. In more ways than just spiritual. <laughs> Don't catch yourself out. That's right. I have this one question that I think we need to find the answer to. How do we as a church love our community outside the four walls of this church when we first haven't fallen in love with each other? Let that one sit for a moment. How are we supposed to make an impact in our community outside these four walls, be it outside this community, if we have yet to fall in love with ourselves? Jesus loves you. You know that. Jesus said this. He says in 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us, okay? He was the catalyst for all of this. So we love God. Every one of us can say that. And, and I, I hope that we can all say that we love Jesus. 
he expressed what the church ought to be like when he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and your strength, your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so when we look at this, this concept, love your neighbor as yourself, this is exactly what we're talking about right here. We must fall in love with each other as a body. And honestly, this is difficult because this is a part of, um, we as Christians, and this is, this is, I'm talking to myself here, we value convenience over spiritual maturity. <laughs> we value convenience over spiritual maturity. Whatever's easiest. Because, guys, we all have jobs. We all work hard throughout the week. But when, we, when it comes to the body, we tend to make that a separate thing. We almost say, with church, we just don't value it. I mean, we value it because it's something convenient. We've, we've set up all the chairs. We've put up all the lights. We've put up, you know, set up and break down. We're not going to be in this position much longer. And I'll talk about that in a moment, where we have to set up and break down. But there's always something to put your hands to. And so when it becomes inconvenient, we go, ah... Maybe, maybe not. When we're serving, we fall in line with what Jesus did with his disciples. Jesus' disciples, Jesus, he ate with them. And he, he had conversations with, he lived with these guys. I mean, they did everything together. But one thing that he did, 70% of the time that you read the historical accounts of Jesus and his disciples, he had them serving. So much so because there was something that was happening in these men's hearts when they were touching the poor, when they were healing people, when they were feeding. They were feeding the 5,000. They were feeding the 4,000. They were feeding people here and there and raising people up from the dead and, and walking with people and we can experience those same things but we we rob ourselves of the miracles when we sit back in luke 8 1 it says soon afterward he went through the cities and the villages proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of god and the 12 were with him so you see the partnership he took people with him wherever he went and he showed them how to do ministry he showed them how to preach. In Luke 9, 1, it says, And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all, all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. So here's where Jesus spent the time. Just one chapter's difference. <laughs> he took them and showed them how to do it, and then he released them to do it. And this is so important for us as a church to understand that you guys, every one of you, can do what it takes to build the body of Christ and to make an impact. But I got to go back to this idea of why, why were people so in love with each other? I have to go back to Acts. This is where we're going to spend a lot of our time here this morning, is Acts chapter 2. I love this. Starting in verse 42. And you guys can join along with me. I love this. And I, I uh, read through the ESV um, in, in case you are following along and it sounds a little different. The ESV. 
but it's Acts 2, verse 42. And they devoted them, themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. And what, what they are, are those that, that came to Christ. They were saved and they came under the, the body of the church to grow. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were, uh, and all who, were, who, who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all. As, they, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and, and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. It blows my mind that a church body would not have favor in their community. That speaks to us as a people. I mean, I understand the darkness is getting darker with every passing day. We're seeing it in our media. We're seeing, we're seeing it everywhere. But the light should be getting brighter. And their, their culture was very anti-theistic. Where these, these men were coming to Christ. There were people all over the place. That just, this was a new concept. Jesus was a new concept. So they're very countercultural, where they began to grow as a church. So when we look at ourselves out in this community, I'm glad that we're not in a Christian culture anymore. We're in a very post Christian world. And that's great because this is where the body of Christ will thrive. And we will fall in love with each other. And through our falling in love with one another, people are going to take notice and we're going to be, we're going to have a good relationship with our community. It's, it's, very, it's very simple. Paul, when he went to persecute the church, when he was Saul, before Jesus changed his name, Saul went about looking for the church, the early church, and he found them, how? He found them because of the way that the church loved each other. He found them because they stood out from everybody else. I think in a lot of ways, and I'm, I'm just throwing this out there, that, that the, uh, the people that they were ministering to were very much like uh, New Hampshire. We're all set. <laughs> we don't need your help. I've got this, you know, come to my farm stand, you know. I don't know where that came from, but <laughs> I just like farm stands. But... They, they were all together independent from the people that were supposedly, well, were filled with God. They didn't need religion. They didn't need anything but themselves. And, and so we are here seeing a, a totally drastic difference in culture. When the people got saved, they experienced love. And they loved to the point of giving away everything. And if I could label this message anything, it's give yourself away. Give yourself away. There's no greater thing than to take everything, everything who you are, and lay it at Jesus and say, this is yours. 
Jesus, this is yours. I give you everything to the body, to you, to the, the work of the kingdom of God, including myself. I don't put myself out of that. It's like, I have to say that when I gave up my, my hopes and my dreams and everything else to do what God has called me to here, I have tremendous peace and I have joy. But that's just me. But I want you to experience it as well. So I want to go back to Acts 2. And I want you to hear why this, this just is my favorite chunk of scripture in Acts. Because they devoted themselves to teaching, right? So they were gathering together and they wanted to grow. Okay, that's what we do here, right? We grow. We, we are sharpening each other. We're loving on one another. And, and to fellowship. When you guys come together in church, it's fellowship. But it's, it, it doesn't just happen here. And I'll explain. See, they, they broke bread, which is way more than just communion. They ate together. They had relationship together. I think that's a big part of why we just, the, the, the people just don't feel close to one another. I, I've looked at a lot of things online, and there's these, um, people get so, uh, uh, they want to be some part of something big, but they still want to be anonymous. They want to go to big churches, and there's nothing wrong with big churches, let me just say that. There's nothing wrong with big churches. Pembroke is 750 people meet every Sunday. So how can 750 people love one another and grow and do great works in the kingdom? Because they, they have, there's relationship happening there. Relationship that is not instituted by a church. It's relationship with somebody saying, hey, I want you to come over for dinner this week. Hey, I want you to come over to my house and be a part of my life group this week. I want you to, there, there's people gathering others from different corners of the church building and saying, let's do relationship together. That's why when we go back to life groups, life flows through life groups. So, and it came, and an awe came upon every soul. When people were in this relationship, there was an awe that took place. It transcended anything that they've ever experienced before. And many signs and wonders. And I believe that the awe was the, the presence of God residing there with them. Don't you think? That the presence of God was in their fellowship and in their communion together. And they were selling their possessions and their belongings and distributing them and all the proceeds to all as anybody had need. That is, to me, the most amazing thing. We have a tiny little benevolence fund. Now, one of the things that... Uh, I would say we as a body can, when we fall in love with each other, we are going to expand on taking care of each other. We are going to expand on, on making sure everybody's needs are covered because that's a biblical model. And I'm not saying that, that we just become a, a charity of, of some sorts where that's all our focus is on. That's, that's, that's only side. That's part of the relationship that Jesus wanted us to experience. There were no people with need when the early church came together because they were all taking care of one another. How, I mean, again, we go back to this New England mindset of like, we're all set. We don't get into each other's stuff too much. We, we, and I know that this might be uncomfortable for some of you guys to hear, but you've got to get into each other's stuff. <laughs> and I mean that in a loving way. We need to love each other beyond what is, what is comfortable. Do you understand? 
We need to love beyond what is comfortable. But it's, it was given, it, it was led by the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was a part of the relationship. And it says in verse 46, day by day, attending in, in, in the temple, which is the church, they, they attended together in the temple and they broke bread in their homes. So there is the church and then there is the home life. Do you see how they were able to continue with the relationship? And they met daily. We don't meet daily. But we, we should be meeting daily in some f- form of fashion. I, I think this is what it comes down to, guys. I think that what happens is we look at our families and we sandbox our families in, in one form of fashion, away from the rest of the body. And I, I agree that we need to pastor our families first before we pastor other people. Totally get that. But we don't allow people too far into the family realm. And I don't know why that is. But I've been thinking an awful lot about this. They received food with glad and generous hearts. And praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day. It is so attractive when people are in love with one another. And I'm not saying that we all just like sell our homes and we have a huge compound. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying is our love needs to go to extreme measures, guys. Because honestly, it's not our love. I think what we do is we hold back the love of Christ. We hold back the love of Christ often when we say, no, I can't, I just can't do that. I just can't give that much. I just can't, I can't be there that much. I just can't serve that much. We hold back the love of God from touching other people. And we need to love people, all of us, in such a way that we just don't want to not be with each other. Do you know what I'm saying? We we want to be with each other. Guys, I love you guys. I couldn't, I honestly, there's nothing more that I would want to do than to do what I'm doing now because I definitely see what Jesus wants to do in each and every heart. And as we grow, there will be more people that come to this church and experience the power and the presence of God. The power and the presence of God works in and through us in relationship. And it's the restorative nature of who Jesus is to to change the communities we live in. Then, when we love each other deeply, that love just pours out into our communities. Guys, it's uncomfortable. We did an exercise last weekend with a church planting organization. Well, church, yeah, it's Foursquare. But they were doing a church planting course. And one of the exercises was write down the people groups that you have difficulty identifying with and, and reaching out and loving. And I kind of hesitated with putting the homeless down. Because honestly, I, I am pretty comfortable reaching out to those that are living in that lifestyle. The homelessness is not a lifestyle, but it's, it's some choose it and some don't choose it. So it's very difficult to figure out how am I going to minister to people. Just be led by the Holy Spirit. That's the best way to do it. Right? But the, the one group, people group that I put in there was gang members. And we live in Manchester here. I'm talking us as a church. My wife and I are still 
about 35 minutes north. We've got to get down here. But um, we're, I'm down here often, and gang members in this, in this area just seem like so unreachable. But they're not, because they're loved by God. And I looked at these people groups, and I'm like, how are we going to reach out to these people? And I realized that my love needs to overflow. My love needs to overflow. And you guys are going to help me, and we're all going to help each other get to a place where our love overflows. And when we reach out to those people groups that are, we're sometimes very uncomfortable reaching, guys, I hope that people addicted to heroin come into our church building. I hope they sit right next to you. <laughs> I hope that, they, that those that were homeless and they were sleeping out on the street the night before show up and they sit right next to you in service. You guys are going to be put in place where you're going to love so deeply and so uncomfortably. <laughs> but you're going to see the power and the presence of God ignite you into a moving force because, again, you're all muscles in his body. And if you think about it, he just wants to come up and he wants to hug that individual. How in the world can the body of Christ hug those people separated from him if the muscles are not working? Guys, you are good people. You are people loved by God. You have a, you have a mission not just salvation. And I want you guys to really grasp hold of the idea that our, our job is this. There's some churches that have big feet <laughs> and they just walk around. But we need to be this. And all of you guys together are going to make it possible to bring in those that are lost and, and so far from him. But it doesn't happen when we just look at Sunday morning as a check in the box, there's a lot of investment of ourselves into something greater, bigger than we are, but something so important that we need everyone, each and every one of you. So I know most of you know this and love this, um, but I need to talk about some of the specific needs in our body. Literally everything that we do on Sunday morning has a, has a task and has a, has a, uh, team, and we have leaders, amazing leaders that have risen to the top. And this might be a little bit of a surprise to my leaders, but they're going to be going out and asking people to partner with them in the ministries that they have poured themselves into. And when they ask you, I want you to prayerfully, not just think about it, I want you to pray and ask God, do you want me serving in this ro role? And be challenged to, to give them, like, uh, literally every one of us are going to get the ask. And if you haven't been asked by one of our leaders, I want you just to be able to come to me and say, hey, I uh, somehow got missed. <laughs> it happens. And I will definitely put you in connection with the people that are going to make, you know, the, the, make that connection. And you can join in and serve in a way that is, is meaningful. All of these things that we do are not for just show. They serve one another. So I, I'm going to take a, just a minute and just say that uh, we have such a significant and satisfying work to be done in Manchester. 
with 120,000 people that need to come and know Jesus Christ individually, we, have, we could be doing this for the rest of our lives in Manchester. And our desire to grow and be a church that expands can only happen when we have fallen in love with each other. I could put all the radio ads on the radio. I could put up all the big, you know, uh, advertising banners everywhere in the street. And that'll just give us publicity. But who will come are the people that you invite. And the who will come are the people that you're loving on. And so I want us just to be in a place of intentional just prayer where we're asking God, where do you want me to reach out? What people group do you want me to reach out and touch? And, but before we can even do any of that, we need to say, what person do I need to make a connection with in this body and start truly loving on? What people do I need to have over at my house and break bread together? And one thing that has happened, and this is just, we always, we always do the panic mode Oh, what if my house isn't clean enough? Or what if my house isn't big enough? Let that all, that's nothing. That means absolutely nothing. The house that you have been given and the place of ministry that you've been called to has been put together by God. Everything you own is the Lord's and for his purposes. So when you say, uh, I, gotta, I just got to clean up a little bit more before I invited anybody over. Just invite them over. Ask them to come and help you clean up. <laughs> but we do this. We just like, we say, oh, we just get so anxious about having people over. Or Don't go to your house. Go somewhere else. You know, go grab coffee with somebody. Just begin to develop relationships. And then we can touch our city. We have um, a very fun uh, message series coming up called Town Talks. And I'm inviting different people from our community to come. We have Jen Hebert, who runs Roca Kids in Manchester, who's going to come on the 26th of this month, which is next week. And she's going to share about her ministry and why it's just so important. And here's what's really important. God's been speaking to me a lot. Do you remember we had a gift? We raised money to give a gift to the city. And the gift to the city is, um, it, we, we all felt strongly that it had to deal with the heroin use, the heroin usage. Like, how do we, we, we thought of all kinds of ways to use that money. I'm praying on this because what Jen Hebert d- does is she grabs people, kids from the local community, and meets with them uh, and gives them a place to go where they don't have any place to go. Their homes are not safe. Uh, the streets are not safe. She takes the kids, takes them off the streets, and those kids literally are involved in heroin usage. They're kids. They're not adults. They're kids. But if you don't grab them young, then you've lost them. So we truly have something that we're praying on, where to put this money, where to sow this money, where to give it away. Let's pray on it. And then we have the, the uh, chief of police, Chief Willard, uh, Assistant Chief Willard from the Manchester Police Department is going to show up and he's going to come and speak. And then I'm waiting to confirm one more guest. It's going to be so much fun to hear 
and for them to see the body of Christ that supports the Manchester community, that supports them and the things that they're doing to make a change in their community. So as Christ followers, we love Jesus, and we will obey Jesus, we'll obey his way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And if we truly believe that, then we're going to partner with him in the things that he's doing. You yourself. The way is the most powerful movement of all historical accounts. And it's not headed up by any one man. It's headed up by God and initiated through the life of Jesus who still lives with us today. And if Jesus is alive, then his church must be alive. Amen? If Jesus is alive in you and I, then the church must be alive. And so I'm looking forward, and I'm going to call the worship team up because I want us to go out with a song. And we're going to sing Love Came Down, and and we need to be there. We need to not just sing the words, but we need to believe those words. In, in order to, to love the community we're called to, we need to fall in love with, with, with what Jesus fell in love with, the church. I love this. We have a common bond, and in Luke 8, 21, he says, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. That's the family of God. God has shown me a lot of different things about this body and the progress. We've gone through so much and where we are going um, to partner with on August 22nd will be our first Saturday night service. Most likely. Uh, Time is to be announced, but we're working through some of those details right now and I'm excited because we're going to reach a people that have yet been reached on the east side there are no churches on the east side aside from the Catholic church that that operates on a Saturday night and I believe that there are a lot of people that are looking for a place that will take them in and love them guys we have our work cut out we have people to love and people to grab a hold of the, the space that we're in, we are blessed. Let's just say that we are blessed to be moving into a relationship with another church. Now, I've heard a lot of talk and rumor about, are we merging with this church? We, we got together on the 28th and we experienced an amazing service where we just loved each other so much. That's the body of Christ. I love that. We're not merging with them. That's not the game. That's not not the end goal, I should say. Um, But what is important for us to do is love them and love each other by utilizing that space and bringing who we are to them as we are also receiving from them such a beautiful gift. Um, I believe in the next few months, God is going to grow this body in a big way. And we need all our hands and feet in, in this movement. 
Um, it doesn't happen just by um, it doesn't happen just by us showing up for Sunday. It happens by us coming and serving one another. And so, for everybody that is serving, I'm just so grateful for you guys. You guys are have been such a blessing. And there's people serving right now that just need to hear this. Um, we are blessed to have the people that have invested their lives into this ministry. And I cannot wait to see where God takes us because you guys are investing seed into, into the ministry here in Manchester. And sometimes it takes a little while for the roots to go down and for the growth to spring up. But the Lord has shown me what will happen. And I'm looking forward to seeing all the new faces that come into this body and, and partner with us. And the redemption of our communities that God has called us to. Our mission is redemption. One thing that I learned from uh, another pastor who really got a hold of me, he said, do you not see that Jesus already died for our community? Do you realize that our communities are redeemed? But we need to go and celebrate with, our, with those in our community what is to be celebrated, what is redeemable, and then work on the things that are not to get rid of the drug culture, to get rid of the prostitution, to get rid of the, you know, all the, the areas that, how can we do that? We're so small. But that's not what Jesus is saying at all. He's saying you have a mission here in this community. So that's all I have to share with you guys. A lot of it is things that we're going to see unfold in the, in the days to come. And there will be more information with regards to our services and, and how we're going to be um, pouring into work. We've got some work days coming up that will be on site in the month of August. And I'm still getting those details worked out. I believe it's August 2nd or no, I say uh, August 1st will be a work day. Regardless, you, you're going to get an email with all the information that we have out there. I don't have it in front of me at the moment. But we're going to have work days to go in there and plant some flowers and, you know, uh, paint some walls, put down some, some flooring and, and, and do some great things in the, in the building itself to bless the people that we're going to be partnering with. Let's pray. Father God, and there's so much to be said, so much to be done. And I'm so excited for this, this body. Thank you, God, that you are... Um, you're the one that instituted the relationships that are here in this room. And we pray in the name of Jesus that you would allow your spirit to come and, and overflow us with your power and your presence. I pray right now that your spirit would come and join us in relationship here. That it would be overflowing, that we'd fall in love with each other. we can identify as sons and daughters of the living God and we are yours completely and we give ourselves away. We give ourselves away to you, Jesus, that you would use us, Lord God, to bring together those who are far apart from you. That we would act as one body with muscles, God, that would just draw people in like a big bear hug. Father God, that we would draw them into your presence. God, we are committed to seeing this through in this region, Jesus, that you would call people 
from every corner of Manchester into your presence, Lord God. And that we would not just expect to see people come to the building, but that we ourselves would go outside our building into the communities that you have called us to, Jesus. And we thank you, God, that you have put the peace of God in our hearts, Lord. And for any, any person that doesn't have that peace, I pray that you would flood them right now. Bring the power and the presence of God. Flood them right now in the name of Jesus. God, with a deep sense of how much you love them, Father God. We thank you for the early church and the way that you showed us how to be. And Father, we ask right now that over the days to come, over the months to come, that we would truly experience the greatest relationships that we've ever experienced in our lives. Thank you, God. We look forward to serving you wholeheartedly. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com.